All right. One. Good evening. Welcome to Faith Harvest Worship Center, The Harvest, and our midweek Bible study to break out members. I am Elder Carmella Jackson here, and shortly I'll be joined by uh, Pastor, our assistant pastor, Pastor Robert Ingram. As Pastor Ingram comes in, we do welcome you to join us either here in our sanctuary face to face where we have such a wonderful time together talking about the word of God and how it's applicable to our lives daily answering questions discussing our ideas please come on in we also have in a couple of our other rooms we have another class going on where Pastor Bruce Perkins our instructor and facilitator, and that's about healing damaged emotions. That class normally starts at 6.30. We here at this class start at 6. Please feel free to, to invite people to come in with you, bring someone, or by all means, join us online. We are Facebook Live, and so if you have questions or thoughts you would like uh, to get across to us, we'll be checking those and be happy to respond to Please feel free to join us. Our pastor is Dr. Raymond D. Williams Sr. and our First Lady Letitia Williams, and they extend the warm invitation for you to come and be a part of this. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, come on out and, and uh, join us in, in this night where we have such a wonderful time reasoning together. We have over the last couple of weeks been discussing the Holy Spirit. And we Try to make this summary quick for all of us who are here and those out immediately. And as our pastor, Sister Rob, comes and joins us on stage, thank you, Pastor Rob, for joining us. We've talked about the Holy Spirit and in, in great depth, actually. We started off talking about the Holy Spirit as the governor, which means that he governs everything we do. He brings us to all places. Guides us, he keeps us, he gives us water. He's just awesome. And then we're talking about the Holy Spirit uh, as the Holy Spirit, the person. In the way of summary, for those who may just be joining us this evening here or online, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. We talked about that in depth. And each of the persons of the Godhead have a duty or responsibility. And right now we're talking about how that works for us, coming from the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does for us and in us based on his own characters, characteristics, and job duties. So I just want to say first, we know that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing, not an entity. We talked about him speaking, and we did that in a lot of depth, knowing that he speaks the word of God, God's will and intentions and desires to each of us. Some of us sometimes pay attention, others do not. But we talked a lot about the Holy Spirit speaking to us, not just situationally, but each and every day, the Holy Spirit is speaking to 
We talked about the Holy Spirit movement, that he's all about uh, moving about us daily, all the day long, in our lives to help guide us and govern us in our lives. And then we also talked about the fact that he has feelings. You hear me call him him, because the word refers to the Holy Spirit as him, not her, him. But that's not based on a gender recognized in this world. He's a he based on the fact that God created man in the beginning, and then woman. So that is applicable to the human world. Than he. So he is one who has a person who has feelings. So tonight, we're going to talk about the fact that he, the Holy Spirit, is one who has knowledge. Not only does he have knowledge, he brings knowledge to us. There's a few scriptures I'm going to start off with, and then I'm going to ask what kind of a question to get us going. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10 says, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That really means those things that we, as humans in our human flesh, don't conceive or understand or have no knowledge of. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That's rough. Read that one more time. Let me let me hear that again. And I'm, this is out of the uh, NIV Bible. Yes. And what, what scripture is that again? This is First Corinthians two ten. And it reads: These are the things. God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit, we're talking about His Spirit, searches all things, even the deep thoughts of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit? That's, that's really important to understand. Within them, I'm going to read that again. Who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit? In them, in the person. In the same way, though, who knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God? So, so I, I'm going to just start off by saying, what, I'll break this down just a little bit so you can understand what this, this word is saying is that we know what we think by the Spirit that's in us that gives us the ability to think. But the Spirit of God that comes into us knows what God thinks. He has, the Word says that he has all wisdom and knowledge coming from God. And so he knows the thoughts of God. He even knows the plans of God. Because he has all knowledge coming from God. So there's a difference in the Holy Spirit and what he brings. And the spirit that we operate in, that's our human spirit. Okay, I know this part is confusing someone, so I'm going to let Pastor Rob talk. I'm going to explain it some more. But the spirit of God knows all things because he has the knowledge. So Pastor Bruce, and if anybody has been a part of Pastor Bruce's class, 
he always talks about the body, the soul, and the spirit, and how they all operate on different functions. And as Elder was talking, I thought about it. We're sitting in the office today, we have a poster up, and what the poster shows is the body. And then it has the soul, which God has given us, the soul, because he formed and fashioned us out of the dirt. He gave us a soul, and then he also gave us a spirit, our spirit, that wars against the soul that operates in the flesh. But there's another spirit, the Holy Spirit, that operates outside of that, that we have to have relationship to, that opens up the relationship with the Spirit of God in us. Because the Spirit of God is already in us, because he said he formed and fashioned us out of his image. So it's already in us, but the thing is that we war against the soul man. So this is what this scripture is talking about. And I want to read it from the Amplified Version, because it gives it a little bit more clarification. And it says here, verse 10, For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counseling, and things far beyond human understanding. For what, what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except a man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And so it goes back to what we were talking about that God has already given us a spirit. He gave us a spirit. However, that spirit is in battle with the soul man. And that's where that conflict comes in at, not because of us, but because of the sin from the beginning of Adam. We're born with that conflict. And if I, I just want to add something for those who are out in Armenian on the land and understand something, it may have sounded like we were talking about two separate spirits. So in the Genesis, uh, the second chapter, the word says that God formed the man from the dust of the earth, and he breathed the spirit of God in him, and he became a living soul. Now, now this is before sin came in. So when he breathed that spirit into Human, we're going to say man, at that point, we were complete and whole. His, the, the God spirit came into man. Okay? So let, let's follow up me for a minute because it's important to understand how the Holy Spirit now speaks to us versus what was going on then and why we talk about the two spirits, which is one of the soul. So the spirit of God was then in full operation in us because there was no sin in us. We hadn't done anything wrong. We were, everything was perfect at that point. So the spirit that, we, that gives us knowledge was already operating in human. But then in chapter 3, we did something wrong. 
We didn't, we were disobedient. Now most people know the story. We ate of the fruit, and now we are in sin, and now we have to abide by some other rules, earthly rules or regulations that God set forth. And one of them was that the minute we did committed the sin, the spirit of God that gives us full power is now, for lack of a better term, bound or unable to operate fully. Can I read something to you? And, and, and I've read this and I found it very interesting. And, and I'm coming out the Amplified. And, and we're going to start on Genesis verse 1, 26. And it said, Then God said, Let us, and it says here in parentheses, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. And it says, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his image. And in the image of, and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So he's telling us right here that it's not a physical image. He's saying it's a spiritual and moral likeness. The key to that is the moral and as Elder emphasized, that that changed in the third chapter. And this is the part that we're trying to get back to. And this is what Jesus Christ died for. Yes. To allow that Holy Spirit, that we lost relationship with, that connection, where it operated and walked with God. So we can be able to walk with and operate as God had initially wanted us to from the beginning to get morally and spiritually in likeness with God. And that's what we're talking about here today. That's exactly what we're talking about today. So we're giving you, we're really laying foundation right now so that you understand. When we start talking about this knowledge, this Holy Spirit that brings knowledge, it's not that we didn't have the Holy Spirit, but he had been for lack of a better term, he may have been bound a little bit or chained or not quite as effective because the power and authority got tarnished during the sin. Mm -hmm. I, like we do today. Let me, let me just say this. If you can think about growing up and you've been told you look just like your mom and your dad. And then some people say, you act just like your mom. Oh, you just like your dad. Oh, you do just, this is as a young person talking. I'm talking before you get a belt on and get out of your own. And then as you start to grow, you start to do some things that your mom and dad wouldn't do. I don't know. I mean, you know, we all got our own walk, and we all got our own, our own tests and trials, but you start to do some things you think that maybe mom, let's use mom for example, wouldn't do. And so, the things that mom was able to create, the benefits she brought to the family, you're not right now being able to receive it all because you're doing 
a whole lot of what she would not have you to do. So she's not really rewarding you for misbehaving. Because you're operating outside of will. Because you're operating outside of your, your parental will. Not only the parental will, what what's in you, how you act and behave, a lot of times is like your parents because they created you. So you can naturally, I've heard people say, for me, you sound just like your dad. Now, if he was a man, I'm a woman, right? You think that sounds strange. But the truth is, I do sound like my father. I didn't ask for that. I didn't work for that. I didn't create that. But it came from being his. Out of the created relationship with my mother and my father, I received some characteristics that were my parents. And because of the relationship that you maintained, those characteristics began to grow and shape who you are Absolutely. now. Absolutely. But as you get older, and as we distance the relationship with our parents, and we become self-absorbed, we become, we lose ourselves in the world. And, and this is what we're talking about with dealing with the Holy Spirit and how we can get back and walk in that power and the authority of who God originally created us to be. The same thing as our parents who, who wanted us to walk in the authority that they have birthed us to be. You know? We're going to get to this knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but this is so important for us to understand our walks of plight as human beings, that there is really nothing new under the sun. And all of this really is very applicable to us in our daily lives. What we're talking about is a life in Christ. We're not talking about just sitting and talking about him or just Sunday service. So a lot of times when we, our parents taught us things or we were like our parents, having some understanding for what our parents poured into us, we chose to do some things that were outside of those principles. For whatever reason. Curiosity, rebellion, desire, what, all those things they part. Feeling you're missing out Feeling on like something you're missing, yeah. because of the way the because world presents it to us. Hanging out with the friends and you know, you can hear your parents in your, in, in your heart and in your mind saying, need you to be home for the lights come on. You got to be home by 10. You need to be home by 11 or 12. And the friends are saying, we're going to go do so and so and so. So we're going to hang out tonight. So the, come on, we'll, we'll be in by 2. And you contemplate in your heart and in your mind, even though you might say something else to your friends and act like you're not really in, in decision, you contemplate it. Conjuring up reasons why they're going to do what we know it should do. So let me ask you this, How do I know if I'm walking in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit? One of the ways you know is that when you're doing and walking in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, you will see an outcome that brings productivity and peace. If you don't have any peace in it, if it doesn't produce positive outcome, then you might want to question when you walk in the 
You know, I got this scripture here, and I mean, this has been on my heart. And family, I'm like, y'all know I'm coming out with some t-shirts, so when we have this video on the 26th, I want you to be out here, because we're going to be selling some t-shirts dealing with this same scripture here I'm going to talk about. And it says here, a life led by the Spirit is contrast to a life led by, led with a sinful nature. And it has these markers. It says, from Galatians 5, 22, 23, you spoke about that. It says, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, such things, there is no law. So family, if you want to know how, if you're walking in the Spirit, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, if you see these benefits in your life, you're walking in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And, and listen, we talked about last week, as I mentioned to you, that he speaks to you. So when he's speaking, he's, he's bringing you knowledge. Yes. Again, we have to, sometimes we need to take a minute to listen because it's not a shout. It's not hollering at, it, hollering at you across the room to get your attention. It's usually a still small voice that is saying something that we easily can push to the side. Let, let, let me say this to you. The, the word of knowledge coming from the Holy Spirit when he's telling you about some things, usually to warn you or to bring you out of something. I'm giving an example. This is the word. The word talks about the woman who comes to the well where Jesus is. And Jesus said, tells her some things about who she is and what she's done. And, uh, and he actually says to her, she says, he tells her to go to her husband. And she says to him, I don't have a husband. And, and then he blows her mind. And he says to her, you said true. You said the right thing. You didn't lie. You don't have a husband. And the man you're with now is not your husband. Well, she never mentioned she was with her husband. So she's wondering, how did he know where that knowledge come from? The Spirit would bring knowledge in a situation that will give, that will enlighten you. Okay. Uh, but there's a reason for the, the knowledge, Tanya, you know. He's not just giving you knowledge so you can look smart. He wants you, one, to understand where your error or your change must be. So God goes on, Jesus goes on to talk to her from the spirit of knowledge that is speaking to him to tell her about what she needed to do to now have the change in her life. And she is so enamored by what he says and recognizes and becomes faithful, meaning she understood and accepted what he said, that she now runs to tell the whole city about what he said that she didn't tell him about and what he knew. So she began to evangelize. I'm saying this. Let me start this up. The, the Spirit of God will bring the knowledge to you so one that you can recognize where there may be, need to be changed and where and that God understands and knows. So he is not, he's not demeaning you because of it. But also to encourage you to, in faith to be able to walk by faith, not by your sight, and then to share that with others will be able to benefit from the faith that you gain. Yep. And, and that just that just sums up what we said here. 
a life led by the Spirit is contrast to a life led of the sinful nature. And that's what he shared with her when he spoke to her about that. Without condemning her, he just made her acknowledge what she was in, and she knew what she was in was in sinful nature. And so she ran away to say that he showed her what she already knew, but didn't condemn her before. And that's so important. We understand that the Holy Spirit, when he brings knowledge to you, is not a, 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 so that you'll feel self-condemnation. It is so that you can recognize, be aware of, consciously, because subconsciously we already are, consciously of where we may need to affect the change or accept responsibility for a need to change without feeling so bad about ourselves that we can't move forward. Yes, and, and that's so true. I gotta turn the mic down. Okay. That, that is so true because too often we feel that condemnation that God can't use me. You know, and that's almost how she felt. She felt that she wasn't good enough. She'll never have anybody, you know, to the point where the person that she was with even made her feel that way. Right. Made her feel that low place. And too often, and I say this for, for, for the children of God, the people of God, we do that to the people who God is bringing into the house to help get. The church is supposed to be, the body of Christ is supposed to be a place of healing. People come in broken, and it's not our job to break them more, it's our job to build them up. You know, it's it's not to beat them up because they're in a mess. It's to help clean them up out of their mess. That's a good word right there. That's what it's about. And too often people come in broken and we break them more because they ain't moving fast enough or or they still in the same situation, just like it took a process for us to get from one point to the next. Every everybody's process is different, and that's the part that we have to understand. That's where the knowledge of the Holy Spirit has to come into play. Absolutely, even in the people who have a relationship with God, and that's important. And in a very same example, we give about the woman as well. We have to understand she, when she came was coming to the well, she was coming during the time of day where she thought there'd be nobody around. Mm. Which meant that she was trying to hide or separate herself from people because she wasn't feeling so good about what was going on or herself, which is not something from God. He doesn't want us to have self-condemnation, nor be in a point where we're hiding what we're doing because we're feeling so bad. That's a trick of the enemy to make us hide from others thinking we're hiding who we are or what we're doing. And keep us isolated. And keep us isolated from those who love you, who care about you, who can give you the knowledge God wants you to have to help you work through whatever the situation is. So I'm just encouraging someone. If you're feeling like you need to isolate, if you're concerned about someone knowing what is going on and how bad it is, because People in the village knew. When she went go back to tell everybody, they already knew what her previous experiences have been. But the truth is, Jesus knew more than that. The, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the knowledge the Holy Spirit brings 
is from God. So the word said he knows all things. You know what's awesome about that? We're still talking about her over 2,000 years later. Wow. And we're not talking about any of the other ones. The ones who thought they had it right. You know, that's so awesome. So so don't don't despise the little things, you know, and, and I, I'll say this to even the body of Christ who, who may have been one of those who wound someone who comes into the church. Because if, if you read the scriptures, even the disciples questioned Jesus for speaking to her. You know, so we have to be mindful and, and know that we're all still growing and learning. Don't get to the point where you think you got it all figured out and that you can't make no mistakes because we all are going to make some mistakes. But God is not here to condemn us. He already died for our sins. He's here to just lift us up in the, whole, in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit and who we are supposed to be and who we are supposed to be and how we should be operating. Romans 8, 27. It says, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What's important about that? And how does that line up with what we just said? The question probably is, what is the will of God? But the will of God is that all should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that none should be lost, and that all should be saved. So if the Holy Spirit's bringing you knowledge, those are the three areas of purposes for him bringing you this knowledge, depending on your situation, depending on the person, the need, he knows all things. That word would be applicable when he brings you that knowledge of whatever the situation is. Whatever the error is, whatever the desire, need, or want may be, it is so that you can come to the fullness of the knowledge of God. Can I ask you something? So why do we seem to resist that? What, what keeps us from really operating on that level of hearing? Because as we said in the beginning, we were born, that's our birthright. The Holy Spirit is a part of who we are, but due to the sin nature of man because of the sin of Adam, that we lost that relationship and our soul man continues to conflict with the Holy Spirit side of us. How can we get better at operating in that knowledge of the Holy Spirit? God has set out a process for us to help us because as in, in our flesh, we don't know. We can, well, we can't handle it. But he set out a process. He put some things in place. The first thing is prayer. The word asks us and tells us to bring everything to God in prayer. That means there's nothing too small, too big. There's no, no problem too, too gross. Uh, there's nothing too ridiculous. There's everything we bring to him in prayer. And in talking with God, that's what prayer is. In talking with God, 
you then get the ability to get one, get to know him, which is getting to know his spirit. Two, get to understand and hear his voice, which then, which is the Holy Spirit speaking to you many a day. And get to understand or be confident in the move necessary that he's speaking to you. In other words, the, the prayer, that's the first step. There's a few other things that we can do. Coming to God in prayer will relinquish us from having to figure out everything because the Holy Spirit is waiting to be able to talk to you. Give you stop. And you know, I hear people talk about, like, we live in a world where things manifest themselves instantly to an extent. You know, and, and, and we see people benefiting from the things that they do now. And with God, it's a process. And because of that process, I believe that is the area where the enemy plays on our faith. You know, me and you were talking earlier when we say amen. That's a, a belief. I believe. And what the enemy tries to do, because that belief and that process takes us from here to here, and we don't know what that time frame is from here to here, it looks like it's a short distance, but the process might not be so short. And in that process, the enemy plays in our mind. And we begin, that's when the soul man begins to battle with the spirit man. We know what God has already said. We believe, we trust, but the process. And I'm going to read this, a scripture that, that continues on from the scripture that you stopped at, Elder. And it comes from, it goes to uh, Romans chapter 28. You stopped at chapter 27. And I want to read from 28 to, to uh, 30. And family, I want you to listen to this because God is speaking to us all because he has a plan and a purpose for us. And that same plan and purpose was already set in stone from the beginning. And it says here, and we know with great confidence that God who is Deeply concerned about us. He ain't saying one person. He said us. That means everybody, not the Jews, not, not just the Jews. He's talking about all of us, the Gentiles, every single one of us he created. Causes all things to work together as a plan for the good for good for those who love. God. There's a stipulation, family, for those who love God. And see, that's where the enemy plays that, that trick with you. He want to play with our mind. Because we can't see God, you say you can't love God. That's what we're talking about, that Holy Spirit. And it says here, I know you got something more to say, however. And it says here, but for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose, for those whom he foreknew, and
loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and to ultimately share in his complete sanctification. Not being perfect, Jesus died for our imperfections. So that he would be firstborn and the most beloved and honored among many believers and those who he predestined he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, declared free. There's a lot I want to say. All right, go ahead, go ahead. This justified piece is extremely important because this whole thing is about that justification. Yes, sanctification comes after the justification. So, so for those who may not understand justification, I'm going to tell you when I was in church for a long time, I but justification just means that God has made a way through his son that we would be put back in the right position and made okay to be reunited. I'm just summing this up in plain English. Reunited to the, to the Father in the way he had already predestined us to do so. We are now, it's now okay to do this. Once you love God, see there all ties together. Once you love God and you're called, but see there's a piece in there that you some people don't quite get because you gotta answer the call too. But but love God and once you're called, you then become justified. But you but there are still some things that's brought up in community. There's still some parts of this that that you are involved in and have to do. It's not just, it's not that we lay a, it, a blanket laid down before you and you have no other part to do it. You, after that, you, it's all created. And this is a part that we talked about that justified in, in, in sanctification because Jesus already died by imperfection. And, 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 and where the enemy plays on is us being justified to get what God has destined for us to get. And because we're not operating in it right now, he tells you why God hasn't provided this for you. Why are you still in the muck and the marrow right now? Why are you still struggling and you trying to do and you doing everything right? Yeah. Wow. I just dropped this in. Here's some powers, okay? From the Holy Spirit, working on my paper, it's not in my back. For those who've been struggling with alcoholism, drug addiction, and you've been saying, I want to leave it alone, and I can't, and I'm trying, and I keep trying, I keep falling down, and God, God, God is saying, I've justified you. Don't give up. Stay in the process because I'm working out some things in you that when the day of reckoning, because that's what they call that, comes. The reckoning will not be because you're fighting against it, but because God has fought for you and Christ already won victory. I hope that makes sense to you. You know, and, and that, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Because sometimes we try to justify it to ourselves. And, and, and it's not in us. Because if it was, if we could do it, we'd have been done it. It wouldn't have been an issue. 
through him, we have to let go and let God. And that's where the enemy plays on us because in that process of letting go, and, and that's where that battle with the soul man and the spirit man comes into to, to, to a fight. It comes into a fight because we want to do it ourselves. And the reality is we can't. We can't. If we could, it wouldn't have been a problem in the first place. Let, let me give you an example and a word for that and then bring it back to today's sermon. There was a king that Elijah was giving counsel to. And the Holy Spirit, which was trying to lead this king into victory, had been trying to get the message to the king. So God allowed Elijah, who was a prophet, meaning he heard from God and he would respond to God's voice, go to the king to tell the king what he, he had said in private with his Troops, I would call to say, use that term, about going to this fight to win. The king was, oh my God, he was amazed. How did you know this? Because I only said this in my chambers with my God, with my boys. And how would you, how did you know this? And and because he heard the Holy Spirit through the prophet, meaning a person, and he, the Lord had sent him so that he would not lose the battle. I'm saying it to you that you did hear. Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And if you listen to that and do, even if it sounds crazy, because you were already planning something else, even if it sounds crazy to you, you listen to what the Holy Spirit and not what He's giving you, you're going to be the victorious one. That's not just for one person, that's for every one of us. You know, it's funny because we were just talking about how we got talking about being millionaires and what we did to do and, and we were reflecting on how the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us about ideas. But because we think we didn't have enough or we didn't have things in place that we we didn't follow through on those ideas that the Holy Spirit has been giving us and who's to say that today we wouldn't be have we done what God has called us to do? But I believe in my heart that if he said it, it's going to come to pass. The process may be a little long because we haven't been obedient, but it will come to pass. And let me finish reading this scripture here because this speaks to this here. He said, yes, Romans. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at 30. And it says, and those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified, declared free of guilt, of the guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can successful, uh, who can be successful against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things, family? He ain't said some things. He said 
all things. So there's a plan he has in place for your life. We just have to go through the process. And that's why having a knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit is so important in this time. In this time. Because what the enemy is at play. He's at play. And we have to be have that knowledge of the Holy Spirit because the enemy will come at us as good, so I, but just, not God. You just read that, and I had made this note. This is how the Holy Spirit works on my thing. And he gives you words of knowledge. So I had made a note just before we came in here. I made little, little notes on my paper so I could, could trigger my memory. And you know that real quick. The Holy Spirit brings the word of knowledge, which produces faith to produce the miracle. And what Pastor Robert just said is that we've been predestined and justified, and then he's given us the word, the Holy Spirit, that will lead us into the word of knowledge that what he has promised us, and there's a lot of promises shall come to pass if we hear the word of knowledge from God that's the Holy Spirit and we're obedient knowing that we're justified already not having, let me say this to you that also means that you don't have to keep working at this thing, working for this thing I'm saying, some people think they just got to keep working, it's all their works that does it, it is not by works you can't work hard enough to do what Jesus already did for us. You can't work hard enough to get the accolades from God that would erase all of what we do wrong. It's only a gift from God that we get this. And once we accept the gift, then what is in the gift is now ours to use. That's right. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about when you talk about given us the word and the word the truth and the life is Christ this book is living and breathing living and breathing truth and I tell you those who don't believe who have questions I tell you what do you have to lose by spending time in this word and in this truth and start operating in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of the word of God. I guarantee you, I'm, I, I can say I guarantee your life will not be the same. And I'm not going to say that the enemy is not going to come up against you. You're not going to have no hills and valleys. But I tell you, as the more you get into this world, those valleys ain't going to feel like valleys. They'll, they'll feel like resting places. And as you climb back up on those hills, they're going to become easier and easier to climb. Because the more you spend time with him, the less work you got to do. Because Lord, you're going to be operating in who you are. And that's why it's so important for us to have the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you that again, and I have pulled this up as well. The gifts of the Spirit, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are simply 
God empowers us as faithful Christians to do what he's called us to do. Not your ability, not your intelligence, not your education, and absolutely not your money. It is God's gift to us to accomplish that which he's given us to do. In um, 2 Peter 1 and 3, he says he has called us to do this. And his divine power has given us everything we need for life and the godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So it's not works. It's not imagination. It's the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, bringing us the knowledge that enables us to do all that he's called us to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are part of everything we need to accomplish the plan God has set for our lives. Now, one of the things our pastor, Dr. Raymond D. Williams, talks about often is that we have to know who we are and our purpose. God has given each of us each of us a purpose. A plan and a purpose. It's God's plan to fulfill our purpose for us here on this earth as kingdom dwellers. Not just earthly dwellers, because it's more than about the earth. Actually, if you read Genesis, the earth really can take care of itself. If we take care of what God has planned for us to do, that's a whole other study. We can't get into that tonight. But the truth is, if we would walk by faith, listen to the word of God, everything we need, as we're just saying, he will already provide. Now, that, that does not mean that we just sit in the chair like we're sitting there all day and wait for things to fall in our laps. But he gives us power to get things done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close on my part. Um, I just want to read this here. And it says, how to always stay, always have the spirit be with us. It says, meaningful personal and family Feasting upon the word. Diligent and exacting obedience. Faithfulness and honoring of covenants. So when you speak something, honor what you speak. Virtue, humility, and service. This is how, when I read that scripture of Galatians 5 22. That's how we stay in the Holy Spirit, man. That's how we continue to gain more knowledge of who God is calling us to be. Spending time in the world, spending time in prayer, operating. Elder said it's not about us just sitting here. We're doing a service right now to share with And this is not all we do. We out here serving, serving God's people through our own testimony. 
and then through our works, what we do. But we're not doing it to get glorification for ourselves. We're doing it for the glory of God. Because without him, we couldn't be able to do it because we were in the muck in the mall. But he lifted us out the same way he lifted us out. He can lift you out. But you got to start operating in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And it starts with his word. Get to know who he is and know who you are. Because through him, that's what you can Amen. So I'm going to Isaiah 11. says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Let me stop there before I move on. So the, the, the spirit of knowledge gives you a fear of the Lord. I don't mean that you're scared of them. Not what saying here. That word fear means a reverence, a, 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 a very holy respect for God. It's awe. Uh, it's it's a, yes. You're in such admiration of God. Uh, that's what that means. And he, when you get that, this, this is the rest of the scripture, and he will delight meaning you, in the fear of the Lord, meaning you Enjoy giving God respect. You enjoy admiring Him. You enjoy worshiping Him. You enjoy doing what He says to do. You really, it makes you happy. Okay? He will not judge, He's only God, not judge by what He sees with His eyes. Now, this is you, man. He will not judge by what He sees with His eyes or decide. What he hears with his ears. Now all that means is that once you recognize the Holy Spirit and accept him as your wisdom bearer with the giftings, you, you start to have a fear and an understanding of God that would make you not look at the world from these eyes, but from the eyes of God. That you won't hear all the negativity all the time. Not saying that you'll be blinded or deaf to them, Meaning they don't sink into your heart and make you bad and negative about things. But you hear what God is saying so that you can produce fruits in your life and continue to move forward. That's what this word is saying. So when you hear the Holy Spirit bring you words of knowledge, don't turn your head the other way. Don't ignore him. Because it is a benefit to you to enhance your life that you may be closer to God and receive the benefits that come from being closer to God. It's really for your purpose. So I thank you so much for joining us tonight. Pastor Robbie, have something else that we have a couple more minutes. Well, I'm going to say this before I step off the stage. And it says here, what is the meaning of fear in the Bible? And the Hebrew word translate into awe in the Bible is Yerah. Pronounced Yere, and it often directly translates into fear, like fear of the Lord. But it can also mean respect, reverence, and worship. But make no mistake about it, Yere is strongly connected to trembling. 
So there's an understanding when we operate outside of what we're supposed to do, there should be a truth. You know, when we know we're not doing something right, there should be a trembling in our spirit. Because if there's not, we will continue to walk in error. And that's what God doesn't want us to do. He wants us to have a fear of what can happen, just like our parents want us to have a fear of what can happen if we do stuff outside of what they tell us to do. Because they know what's out there. They have our best interests at hand. They want to protect us. And that's the same thing God wants us to do, wants to do for us. So don't have that fear like, oh, he wants us to know. He does that because he loves us. And he wants to protect us just like he wants to protect your life. And I pray what we talked about here today has blessed you. I'm going to let Elder finish. We love you here at Harvest. And we pray that every Wednesday we come out here at Sunday, whatever we do every day. It's all to honor God and the name of God. Thank you, Pastor. So much for joining us. And as we're about to close, we have about four minutes. I want to share with you Psalms 99, 1 through 5. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion. And he is exalted above all the people. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The word talks about the angels praising God in heaven and continually. And they say, holy, holy, holy. Continually saying that. And that is a form and a way of trembling meaning they recognize the authority, the power, and the awesomeness, the glory of God. I know that may be a concept for some that's hard to conceive in the natural, but if you allow the Holy Spirit to bring you the knowledge about this trembling, you can probably equate it to a time when you were so excited about something that was going on in your life that you felt like you couldn't even sleep. And that is the kind of excitement, the kind of joy, the kind of reverencing that takes place in the trembling of God's children when they are in praise and worship of who he is. Now that may not always happen to you in the sanctuary area, even though it's a great place for it to happen. But you could be in your home, you could be in your car, you could be in a park or on the street. When you receive the knowledge that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit brings to you about our magnificent Lord and Savior, you may begin to tremble. But know that it's not yet, it's the beginning of you receiving all that God has for you. We welcome you into these Wednesday evening sessions. We welcome your thoughts, we welcome your questions, we welcome your presence. Come on out and hang out with us as we enjoy the presence of the Lord and we reason together from the word of God that we may be able to live daily a life that is important.
talent that is holy, that is godly, and that it is full of joy. Come on out and be with us. We welcome you to Faith Harvest Worship Center at 1101 Delaware Street in Newcastle, Delaware, where Dr. Raymond D. Williams Sr. is our pastor. Our assistant pastor, whom I had with us tonight, is our assistant pastor, Robert Ingram. And we have several people here and lots going on. We also have what we call the Harvest, the school where we're teaching children and adults. We're empowering people to be all God has called them to be in the kingdom. God's self-understanding and revelation through the word of God. This is the place where God's authority is first and foremost, and, and people are our priority. Please come on in. If you are having, if you'd like to donate, because our work does require some finances. We welcome whatever donations or tithing you'd like to send. We do have it on our screen. Feel free, you can download our app for now. We will be changing our app coming soon. But, or you can just send your money in using the text, which we all do anymore, or the code, the QR code there. We thank you. We welcome you for your heart and for your giving. And we say God bless to you tonight and see you next Wednesday. Same time, same place. God bless you all. We golden. We golden. <laughs>